1: I say shy, because it looks like that. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: I say <laughs> shy, I say shy. Because you read it. It's just like when you're reading it quick. Monday, Monday, Monday. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Hey, it, Is this a more person set? I got a four-person set <laughs> on a Monday. Monday. On a Monday. Oh, Unbelievable! Sunday. No shortage of things to get to uh, get to today on this Monday. I, in many ways, feel like today is a line of demarcation for the Denver Nuggets. Okay, it's the end of one chapter, and it was a very good chapter. Maybe my favorite chapter in a very, <laughs> it was very a freaking in great years. chapter, man. But it's the start of a new one that could be even better. Could be worse. Okay. Could be better. We're going to break all of that down. We're also going to talk about trade season, which is officially upon us as the first. I would call big trade has happened, has gone down as the Lakers acquire Rui Hachimura. We're going to break that one down, discuss a Nuggets trade rumor we heard a little bit, uh, and then also just look at what teams need to make a trade. Presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR. Gamble along with us in the pregame show. By the way, pregame show, like a mini-podcast. Really good. It is like a mini-podcast. That's what it is. That is what it is. (laughs) It's not just previewing the game, so I highly recommend you're jonesing for Nuggets content. You're like, man hasn't been a show drop. I'm trying, I want someone to talk. nugs. No, check out the pregame show. Segments two and three out of the four segment of the pregame show are basically podcasts. Mm-hmm. Look who I have over here sporting the brand new Maxi Minor Sambor Shuffle shirt.
0: Got it's, my Maxi Minor shirt on, got my Subu slippers on. Life is good. <laughs> life is good. <laughs> yeah, wow, free we,
1: promotion see, for that company. Yeah, shoes coming off like that though, man. That's what makes him not shoes. Yeah. For a brief second, he was barefoot on the set, which is gross. They're slippers, yeah. Over here, <laughs> sure. I've got D Line Co.
2: I mean, they are shoes in that they go on the feet, but they're not meant for outside they're use. They're slippers. they slippers are they're outside sort of slippers. A, uh, they, I feel like you appended the word "outside." To no, so that's, that's <laughs> what they're for. That's uh, what they're. That's uh, what they are. It's Super. like saying uh, these are, you know, uh, uh, these are outside
1: pajamas. <laughs> it actually is. He's, you're both right. You're both right. What the product is, it is what the product is. is, what the product is <laughs> that's but what also, I'm if the product was outdoor, you know, pajamas, it would also. Be you're, not you're not supposed <laughs> to wear underwear. You're not supposed to wear underwear. And then over here, sporting a fresh tan, looking refreshed, senor wind. Uh, I definitely do not tan, so that's
3: that's a bold <laughs> lie. But yeah, I'm back. I'm Guessing you up. Back from Tulum, changed man. Yeah. <laughs> So how do you
1: how do you feel, uh Wend, you predicted 10 wins and were horribly oh. wrong. Like how do you I feel know. about that?
3: I'm oh. counting it as a dub for me. I'm counting it as a correct <laughs> prediction. Um, Why not? <laughs> sure. Look, I mean, I didn't see this Nicole Jokic injury happening. I didn't uh, see 16 Michael Porter Jr. missing that game for other reasons. I didn't, you know, foresee all the missed free throws. So um I'm going to count it. I'm going to count it. <laughs> one for one on my 20 predictions <laughs> for 2023. Dude, I'm awesome. counting it.
1: <laughs> it really was like a crazy. You would have talked so much. I'm, I'm almost glad that Me, it didn't I hit because it would have been unbearable I, if I, he would I'm have come so back from his that. vacation <laughs> just like stunting on us. Yeah. Uh, was the I did cheat one.
3: a little with it because I made the prediction when they had already won two games in a row.
1: That it doesn't matter. Okay. All right. I, hey, I'm giving you credit. It was a very okay. good prediction. Um, guys, we're gonna start by looking back at this home stretch, though. I view you always break the season into little uh, segments. I just feel like it's natural to. You don't always know where those segments are going to come. I think that we, as collectively, were pretty clear that we felt that this home stretch was a segment because it was so home heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you break it down that way, the Nuggets had what I will call the initial 15 game stretch. This was the initial. Murray's back. Porter's back. Road road heavy. You knew there would be some (laughs) rust from those guys. Like you know, it was the, you know, figure things out. Right. They went fifteen. I'm sorry, twenty five game stretch. They went fifteen and ten in that twenty five game stretch, and they had just nine home games. So they had sixteen road games, nine home games, and it was a pretty good. You know, they they did a pretty good job managing that. But we would all agree that if we rewind the clock in that stretch, Jokic was like fifth in the MVP ballots. The Nuggets were not the number, they were like a number four seed. The defense was terrible, all of those things. If you take that and put it into one section, and then you look at this 22 games that they just played and say, okay, they went 18 and four, and they had just five games on the road over that stretch. It was almost all home. 18 and four, with 17 of those games being at home. to me, this is a section, and let's just start here. How would you grade it if you were handing out grades? How would you grade that 18 and 4 stretch, Eric?
2: I mean, it's an A plus. Like the 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 Nuggets are now first place in the West. Nikola Jokic has risen to the clear cut favorite <laughs> for his third MVP. Murray is cool. back. He's better than ever. Every Nugget is good. Uh, the <laughs> the vibes are immaculate to the point of obnoxious. I've been forbidden. By Twitter and by <laughs> all of my uh, compatriots uh, for using the word that I and by your like own conscience best describes the state that we're currently in.
3: Don't you dare! I didn't.
2: I didn't do it. But I'm just saying, like that's you're where we're thinking at. it though. <laughs> I'm not not okay. thinking it.
1: Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, you just listed off a bunch of things here, but A plus I was interested in. Is that controversial? Is there like the A to the A plus? Is this an A plus?
3: Yeah, I think this is an A+. I remember when the schedule dropped way back when, before the season started, and we looked at it, and we are like, all right, this is the stretch that they could really get it going. Like, like This home-heavy stretch was going to be the time when they could lock in, and they absolutely did that. I feel like the Nuggets hit a level during this stretch that I've never seen them hit before in the Jokic era. They just got to this zone where... They were so good and in such a groove and clicking and just firing on all cylinders that they couldn't be beaten. Like They would not play up to their standards on some nights, but they were just in such a groove and rhythm that it didn't matter. They, they just were winning games with like a B-level effort, and they just were in one of those zones that the really great teams can get to.
1: I'll give this an A-plus as well. And since we have a consensus here, even before hearing your vote, I'll give you a different question, which is, what is the top story of this stretch?
0: Oh, man, that's a great question. I would say it's the defensive turnaround, just because I think even through, like we highlighted in the beginning, even through the turbulence, there was this, well, the offense is good enough, they have Jokic, right? There's enough to carry them through. What we needed to see to at least give them the benefit of the doubt was a stretch of a certain duration of, of being locked in and on a string defensively. And I think they did more than just give themselves the benefit of the doubt. I think they solidified themselves as contenders. So that's what we were really clamoring to see. That's what they showed us, and at least the fourth quarter defense. And even on the nights when the defense wasn't so good, like maybe they gave up 112, 113, they were putting up 135. So right. I think we saw specifically what we hope to see. Looks
2: like, 113 makes you the greatest defense in the league by a long <laughs> shot this season. It, well, what's funny, I put
1: this out on Twitter a while back, and it kind of holds. The Nuggets are 7th in defense over the stretch. We're talking about 22 games, 18-4 and four stretch. Uh, actually, it says 19-4 and four here if I'm going off the 8, so maybe I did my math slightly wrong. Either way, it's the same. 7th in defense over that stretch. And that is big, because what does everybody say? You need to have a top-10 defense. Right. Well, Nuggets over the stretch have. They've been the number one offense. That's a pretty good recipe, by the way. Memphis over this stretch is the number ten offense and number one defense. Denver, the number one offense, number seven defense. So pretty darn good. Yeah. Uh, do you when? What do you think is the biggest development of the stretch? I'm gonna say Jamal
3: Murray. Um, I declared him back after <laughs> the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves win. When he just kind of took over down the stretch in the fourth quarter, his record. Um, <laughs> I just want to be held accountable. That's, do, yeah, that's is all that I what want. it is? I just want to be right. held accountable. Yeah,
1: okay, okay. But
3: um, that that Timberwolves game, <laughs> so I was dumb. there in the arena watching it live, and you could just feel Jamal Murray take over that game. Mm. Yeah. Like, and it was a fam- familiar feeling to when he used to take over games late in clutch time. So, um, just kind of how Jamal Murray is playing over this stretch i, I think is a huge storyline because i mean you look at his numbers last 22 games 20 points per game up near 40% from 3 he got the triple double a couple games back he's rebounding he's as- assisting his turnovers have been pretty low um
1: i just feel like you know he's here he's he's arrived again to me this i'd say he's He's back. I, well, I already said that. So. <laughs> I, I think I agree. I, the defense is a big thing. I'm not sure how much I buy it in part. And this is, I'm not trying to take anything away from Denver. Home heavy schedule. And they faced a couple duds in there, man, that a really helped them out. They had some shorthanded teams. Yeah, and look, sure. that happens over the course of a season, it averages out. But the thing that I do buy is Jamal Murray's run here, where I think in a lot of ways he's playing. We've talked about it, but some of his best ball, he's been a better scorer before. I don't know if he's been a better all-around player than Mm -hmm. what he's showing right now, and that's what's so encouraging. If it wasn't Murray, and it wasn't the defense...
2: Connectedness! The Nuggets are playing connected basketball. The Nuggets are playing Jokic ball, even if Jokic isn't on the floor. The Nuggets are playing a brand of basketball that is like everything that we hoped that they would ever do, and we, we all saw for like a brief moment in time eight games until it was taken away from us by the cruel unforgiving basketball gods who we've learned from we won't utter the phrase again not gonna utter the phrase but they are playing in a way that's like exactly how Nikola Jokic wants them to play exactly how Nikola Jokic has molded them to play we're seeing Aaron Gordon make Nikola Jokic type passes we're seeing Jamal Murray rack up triple doubles we're seeing like all of these players play seemingly out of character, but like in a new character. Aaron Gordon's like a completely new guy. Like after a season and a half with Nikola Jokic, he's like a totally different player. And did he like, missed those
0: free throws, though.
2: He did miss those free. I was that's what I was getting to. What a loser! <laughs> uh, but the point, like, it's just like seeing what they can do and the height of what they can do. And it's not the beautiful thing is it's not like a LeBron team where it's like oh, cool, we won because LeBron went off or whatever. It's like the team just figured out how to be in the right place, make the right plays, you know, and sometimes it falls apart for them and they're still able to figure it out over this stretch. But, like, seeing that, like, that beautiful vision of what it could be, like, that, that to me is, like, the biggest story.
1: You guys are bringing it today, oh bro! Yeah. You guys are bringing it. If I were to great this, you were definitely third because I think yeah, the oh, defense yeah. is clearly a distant oh, third damn. on this one. I mean, it's not clearly. It's clearly. It's I mean, it's that's brutal. Brutal. it was a good point, <laughs> I but feel pretty good, about it. it's like barely, I feel pretty story. good. About but it, honestly, the Jamal thing, and then also, I love that you brought up the connectedness because I really do yeah. think that if the Nuggets ever win a title with this team, whenever. It, Whenever they win a title, it's going to be because they get to even bigger heights than what we're talking about here. Like Where they're at now is at an all-time high, but I feel like there's something even more. And here's what's crazy. The Nuggets averaged 29.6 assists over this 23-game stretch that we're talking about. Um, that's insane. 30, 30 assists is like, oh, you hit a really good mark. They've averaged that over, over the stretch. Now, Denver for the season has been around like 28. They've been second. But to overtake even the Warriors who pass the hell out of the ball and be at that 30, basically 30 assists per game mark is really, really impressive. And evidence of that is... You take Jokic out; they two of the games in this nine-game win streak have come without Jokic. That to me is a leveling up of your identity and and who you are. So for me, there's no questions asked. I I, I think that I would probably go connectedness, and then the Murray return. I didn't
2: realize this is a competition, but screw you, yeah, and Screw That's you. Let's mind. go. Just keep the receipts. I'm not like You're having a great show so far. Keep, keep me it
0: accountable. Just keep me <laughs> accountable. <laughs> the one thing I would say, just to push back on your point, and I think you were, I, I liked your pushback on the defense. Um, is not that, you know, would I buy that they have one of the best defenses in the league? Like, are the seven—no, no. no. But what we the framing we had after the first start to the season, can they get it to the middle of the pack, above-average level that makes us feel like, given their offense, this is at least tenable? And I would say I definitely feel that way. Well,
1: I mean, here's what's really going to have to happen, (laughs) because— This is a reductive way of doing analysis, but to say that no team has ever won a championship outside the top 10, or only one team has been outside Little the top 10. The bronze
3: Cavs are really the only team That's in the only last team. 15 years to do so it. So
1: I buy, I get why people don't buy Denver in that one way. Like it's, Let's be honest. Yeah. It's a real thing. But if you can say after December, like basically cut out the first month of the season after that Denver was... Oh, yeah. I think then you have a compelling case. Like Then you could say push back on it. I don't know that Denver has the runway or the ability to be a top 10 at the end of the year. It would be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. But I do think that they have the ability to be top 10 over the final 60 games, which is a large portion of the season. And hopefully that gives you a little bit of confidence. I will say, though, one of my big takeaways, this isn't the biggest one. This is clearly a fourth thing. But one of my big takeaways is, and I always say this early in the year, The data that comes through in the first month of the season is so noisy, but so narrative-setting. And the Nuggets were on the road so much, and it screwed up some of the numbers, made them look horrible. And you're like, oh, my God, the indicators. And now here they are as the number one team. And I think that there's a course correction that probably lies ahead for Denver, too. And that is that playing at home is a huge advantage. The fact that Denver has dominated at home. I know they dropped this last one, but this stretch was in large part because they were so good at home. But now there's a new test ahead of that for them and that is like can you bring this on the road? Can you bring bring this in new environments? And possibly can you bring this under unusual circumstances that include a trade deadline that is looming that might be a little bit more distracting than in years past in large part because the team is so connected.
0: We're talking about connectedness and I wanted to bring up a point that Adelman touched on pregame. I asked him about, you know, can can win streaks be detrimental or can you get complacent, used to winning?
1: He had a good answer. Fall
0: off the process. And he said, yes, absolutely, but that's not what's happening to this group right now. He felt coming into that game that they were as dialed in and focused as they've been to the game plan, to their particular blueprint to success. And I think after the game, he tried to, without shoving a good loss down everyone's throats, he tried to, to frame that as well. Like, we lost this game, but they stuck to what's gotten right. us this far. And so yeah. I think that. That line from him is encouraging to know as they take the show on the road.
1: It's kind of funny thinking of Adelman next to Malone because Malone is so like, he rides these highs, he rides these lows, and Adelman is very, he seems pragmatic, very um stoic. You know, he rides yeah. down the middle quite a bit.
3: Well, you got to do that to balance out Michael Malone a little bit. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. It's a like dist- in the job description. We just gave four things, a, dist- a fifth, but which is a pretty major thing that I think is almost underappreciated because when it happens slowly, you forget what a big deal it is but Jokic is the consensus number one MVP pick right now which which 20 games ago if you would have said oh no he's not going to be the favorite he's going to be like the heavy favorite by the end of the stretch but that's where we are like right now it would take I think quite a bit for Jokic to fall back down you know from this person it might I think it's going to happen just inevitably like there'll be a bad game and then it'll get overreacted to but it's kind of wild to think that where we were at the last straw poll, which was like five weeks ago, was Jokic was fifth and off of a lot of people's ballots. Now yeah. he's
3: number one. I mean, the biggest thing he's got in his back pocket, if he's going to win it this year, is the number one seed. Yeah. Like the fact that Denver is just top of the West. Like that—that's your best case. Yeah, you know? I would say the best case he's probably ever. I had. would
2: say the the the. the Thing that's going to make or break Jokic's MVP case is the thing that m- made it last year, which is he's about to go up against Embiid this next week, yeah. and there's going to be Ravelry national week. eyes on it. And the, it's too time, early though, rivalry. Week. I, but it's it'll like it'll matter. It, it, it's it's this thing where narratives get set, and then they never look back. And like Denver's a team that you don't watch that often, so like you have an idea of what's true, and then you're like, eh, yeah. you know. All
1: right, let's take our break. On the other side, though, we just looked backwards. Let's look forward now. This next block of games, in my opinion, starts tomorrow, and it doesn't end until the All-Star break in the second week of February. And over that span, there's an NBA trade deadline. So let's kind of preview this and talk about what the schedule says.
3: Uh, Guys, I was just down in Mexico. That's what Uh, I heard that at the top of the show. (laughs) But um, what did I do every morning?
2: Uh, I would think you you just thought how much you missed each one of us.
3: Me especially. Incorrect. Okay, what? I poured a nice <laughs> cup of athle- Athletic Greens. Uh, Got right. those Athletic Greens travel packs, brought them down with me. Um, didn't get stopped at customs or anything. <laughs> Let me right on through. And um, I used them every morning. Set me out on my day uh, in the right mindset. But um. If you want better gut health, if you want more energy in your daily life, if you want to optimize your immune system, check out Athletic Greens. With one scoop of it, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. Adapted, you know, I looked up what adaptogens They're key.
2: are. You know what they are? They, adaptogens are plants and herbs that help stabilize your mood. Mm, that's it's like It helps you adapt to life. It like, helps you to deal with stresses and things like that's
3: thing, a yeah. wildly inconsistent Denver Nuggets uh, free throw shooting <laughs> um, It works for every type of lifestyle, every type of diet. Uh, so if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into flu and cold season, one scoop of athletic greens and a cup of water every single day, that's all you need. Uh, they're going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five-free travel packs with your first purchase as well. Go to athleticgreens.com nuggets, athleticgreens.com nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Um, also, I want to talk about one of the newest sponsors here on the DNVR podcast network, Shady Rays. Hell yeah. Shady Rays, you probably guessed it, sunglass company.
2: I would think that growing up on the East Coast brendan probably knew a guy named shady ray <laughs> <So he involved laughs> a different business altogether. Yeah, yeah exactly. it kind of hangs out behind
3: the high school <laughs> that's like the more like the jive hybrid you know <laughs> shady
1: ray shady kick off ray. the
3: new year with new gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades customizable snow goggles and much more what i like about shady rays like high quality sunglasses but they're not going to break the bank like you, you try to get like all these other brands, you know, polarized, high quality, uh, the stuff that's pretty popular. It's way overpriced. Shady Ray's um, affordable. They're an independent sunglass company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any of the expensive pairs that you've probably worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures as well. Um, they also have this great policy where if you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Uh, if you don't love them, you can exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. This is exclusive to our DNVR listeners. Shady Rays is giving you um, their best deal of the year. ShadyRays.com. Use the code DNVR, DNVR or visit them in-store at Park Meadows for 50% off. Two or more pairs. This is, this is a deal. ridiculous deal. Insane deal. Shadyrays.com. Use the code DNVR, DNVR or you can visit them in-store at Park Meadows. 50% off two or more pairs of polarized
1: sunglasses. Oh, I want my Shady
0: Rays. I can't wait.
1: They're great. I already yeah. got two pairs. Getting a third pair. Tell you know they're good. All right. Uh, back here. Let's look ahead now, guys, to this upcoming stretch. Again, I'll call this the pre-All-Star break stretch. This might be what most would call the dog days of the season. You're past the window where there's excitement. For the Nuggets, there's been excitement over this win streak. And who was asked about it after the game? And somebody was like, does it make, I think it was Murray, does it make it easier getting through these games when you're winning and playing well? And it's like, oh, for sure. It makes, basically saying these dog days, are bearable when you're winning and everybody feels good about it.
2: Everyone hates being in the NBA. Everybody
1: everybody really does. (laughs) That's so true. Everyone hates
2: watching it, Uh, being in it. They're uh, like, doesn't it suck to have to play basketball? They're
0: like, uh, yes. Another game. How depressed are you? (laughs) But
1: this stretch, it's 12 12 games, because this is actually a smallish stretch. 12-game stretch, and there are seven road games and five home games, so a little bit more road-heavy than it is home-heavy. There are two back-to-backs, Um, and then the next five games are like super tough. Let me, uh, pull up the schedule here. I thought I had it open in a tab. They obviously are in new Orleans for tomorrow's game, which will be a big one. You win that one. New Orleans is one of those teams that is like right there at the, you don't want to get to a portion of the season where you're worried about the teams behind you. You kind of want to just worry about one or two seed, right? So this is one of those ones that would bury new Orleans even further. It's almost a double win of a team that's in that same zone. Um, but you're at new Orleans, then on immediate back to back at Milwaukee, this sucks because Yoke being on a hamstring thing. There's almost no chance he plays in both of them. I wouldn't play him.
2: I uh, I saw this and I was like, God damn it!
0: What is this?
1: At least here's the thing: Milwaukee doesn't actually matter. As much as we love Jokic Giannis, and we love seeing that, and it's a measuring stick game in a way.
0: Denver matches up with them in the Jokic era well. But it
1: doesn't matter. Like To me, I'm like, get that New Orleans one in the East Coast games, whatever. I'm with you then the you have moment. rivalry week uh, and at Philadelphia Saturday afternoon game. So let's say, at New Orleans, they're going to be underdogs. At Milwaukee, they'll be underdogs. At Philadelphia, underdogs. Then you return home to play the Pelicans at home. You should be favorites in that one, but a tough game. And then you're at home against the Golden State Warriors who are in desperation mode right now. That's five games in a row. It's three on the road, two at home. One of those a back-to-back. All five of those are going to be tough, tough games. Um, so I look at this and I go, you know what? The first stretch of this is going to
0: be a tone setter. Yeah, for sure. And what do you, what, what's your kind of bar for acceptable good like what are you expecting over this stretch
1: well we can do that at the very end as we look at all 12 you can pull up the schedule but that those five games right there like let's be honest I hope Jokic plays and I hope Denver is hungry coming off of a loss that it's like hey let's go out there and send a message they're a team that has been without Ingram you know they've had a little bit of guys in and out of the roster and also let's not kid ourselves they spanked denver in new orleans last time they matched up remember jose alvarado went off so this is this is a chance to be like hey this is a young team that we need to make sure they know they're the up and comers
3: yeah i mean this is a great stretch for just the nuggets to continue to prove that they're that team i mean on no and on sincerity
1: i love this because that that's one of the questions is how would we weigh the next five games versus the previous 20 Mm. yeah in your mind
3: I, I mean, in, in my mind, like, when they were at home, these last 20, they were at home for much of that stretch. They took care of business. You know, they, they did what they were supposed to do. They played really well. They got connected. But, you know, going out on the road and playing some of these, not just playoff teams, but contenders, like Philly and Milwaukee, that, that's going to be a prove-it, you know, couple of games. That, that Philly game the rivalry week, yeah. Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern, ABC. When was yeah. the last time the Nuggets had a Saturday oh, wow. ABC afternoon game?
1: Great wow. great time for our Serbian followers. Yeah. It, it's going to be
3: an
0: absolute just like prove it stretch. And I think, yeah, you know, we talk about the confidence scale, and so many people are like just short of out of control or in between the, I guess it's Harrison and Adams scale. And I think some road success is probably the last hurdle. Between- sure.
1: Let me phrase it to you this way, D-line. You said you're, like, excitement level. All-time high. Just get the playoffs. Get the playoffs here. If the Nuggets went 1-4 in four over these next five games, that, would that make you less confident in the Nuggets?
2: It depends on how it happens. I mean, like, you know, you're again you
1: Outplayed. I mean, they lose well, I mean, by if, seven. If but they
2: look if they look like they're outmatched versus like they, they're in it, but they lose a close one on the road. Okay. Like You lose games on the road. Like people, you know, even when you get to the finals and you have two like very evenly matched teams, it's like expected that you win your games at home and you lose the games on the road. Um, so, I mean, like if we're just saying they lost them, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Like I just want to see them look good competitive obviously like look like they are playing their brand of basketball and it's like early on in the year when they went to boston and boston just smacked them because they just made every shot and i was like man i cannot wait to see this team in pepsi center or ball arena and then what happens boston comes we smack them right back so i don't know i'm a little this this stretch makes me nervous because the nuggets now have attention on them Mm. and like people are finally paying attention uh on like the east coast especially like um and this is like i mean this is like a big this is a big twitter week <laughs> more than anything it's like a big which it's they a, don't it's do. a big narrative week it's a huge narrative week it doesn't yeah. matter anything to them it matters everything, everything to us. us yeah um so i always like we this is like the the christmas game whatever where you are always like man please just care about this like one eighth the amount that i care about this because like you guys will move past this I'm gonna get gift to death about this if like if it goes poorly. So like just that's all I want. I just want them to look like they are the team that we think they are. And but that some
3: losses can come.
1: What is the question that needs answered over this stretch, this twelve game stretch? Wind. Hmm.
3: Um. Can Jamal Murray continue to to build on what he did the last twenty games, and does the defense travel on the road?
1: Man, does the defense travel for sure?
3: Yeah, because. We've seen them play great defense at home. You're supposed to play great defense at home, or better defense than you do on the road. You no, know, can they do it on the road in Philly, in Milwaukee, you know, in Minnesota in a couple weeks? Like that's that's going to be a massive storyline. I
1: I'll throw another one out to you. The Bones Highland question of this to me is going to loom really large over this team over the next three weeks because the trade deadline is three weeks. Um, you know, I don't know that the Nuggets are looking to move Bones or this or that, but it is the one piece that feels like while the Nuggets are on the rise, he's the one that has been, like, finding his footing and trying to figure this out and cold shooting and this or that. So for me, that's one of the questions over the next mm-hmm. few weeks because it's going to have a thing weighing over it, which is, is he on the trade market?
0: Yeah, I think that's – I was going to say the bench in general. You know, yeah. when the team was last healthy, I think we felt a little bit better about the rotation. Um but then you know these last couple of games not so much yeah i think bones it's tough too because you want it to be contingent upon more than just the shot making too you don't want to just hit some shots and then you go oh now everything's fine you know there's we talk about the connected basketball and i think bones is the bones murray minutes have been like the biggest bump in the road in terms of how it all looks and it looking disconnected and he has felt a bit like a how did you describe Porter in the past? Like an appendage, right? Separate from the team. So can he not just play well, but look to find his teammates, you know, play good defense without gambling, you know, like take the take the right approach and play a little wiser than his years. Those specifically are what you need to see from him. You know, I, I'm in favor of letting Bones play through this, but I don't, I don't have any intention of mocking someone who looks at the situation and goes like is there a trade to be made there because i i get at least that line of thought for sure Mm -hmm.
1: the thing with young players i mean the if you ever talk to warriors fans or just hop in warriors twitter or warriors reddit wherever you go online and you just look at what the warriors fans are talking about last year hated jordan pool Yep, hate wiseman yep the wiseman one i think is legit like wiseman's almost like Moody A level drag on them Kaminga even is like, he's good, but do we have time to wait for him? What are we doing? They just want to trade the young players. And I don't know who's right or wrong on this. They did win a championship with Jordan Poole, so like apparently yeah. that worked out. But right. there's also just something, too, man. Like, it takes so – I mean, we're talking about Jamal Murray. Yes, he had an injury, but even if you just count his healthy years, what's he in? Year six or year five time. of health. And it's like it just takes so long for them to reach that version of themselves that you mm-hmm. think is right. So anyway, that question's going to loom large over the Nuggets. Um, and, you know, if Bones plays really well over these next couple like he if everything starts to come together where he's hitting his shots, but he's also reading when to shoot and when not to, I do think that that is going to change the perception of this team and, and change the perception of like what well, maybe how you approach the trade deadline. Um, I think another key to the stretch for me is going to be Michael Porter. If you look at Jokic has become the unanimous or the consensus MVP favorite. Jamal Murray looks like he's back and better than ever. Aaron Gordon has a shot at being an all-star. Bruce Brown, KCP look like they've been perfect fits. Michael Porter, we think, has looked like a very good fit for most of the year. Like he has really bought in. But it feels like there's more for him to offer. But it's like, hey, walk, crawl, right, right. Wait, crawl, walk, run, and we're on the walk part with Michael Porter. But there's obviously a big variable in in place now, as we found out yesterday, that he is going through a, a family situation right now with his brother, you know, facing a, um, an arrest and a potential charge for um, vehicular homicide. So that's going to be a major distraction at an exact moment when you would look at it and say, here's a chance for Porter. Now, you've checked all these boxes. Now Porter's the one. So I think he is yeah. a key to this upcoming stretch, but the range of outcomes for him is so wide. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What, what you've loved about Porter so far this year is, is exactly what you said. He's fit into his role so nicely and, and so smoothly. He hasn't tried to do too much. He hasn't forced the issue. He's just taken the game as it's come to him and fit in. And, you know, like the games he's been putting up recently, I feel like, you know, 14 points, 16 points, right. really clean shooting. Um, I actually wonder if that's kind of the best way for him to play on this team. I don't I don't know if I want Michael Porter doing too much more offensively. I think the balance they have where just everybody is so comfortable sharing the ball right now, especially on that starting five, I'm kind of good with the role and just kind of the offensive responsibility that he has. Let
1: me push back. Let me ask you this one thing. If Murray has it going, you call Murray's number more. If Gordon has a mismatch, you call Gordon's number more. If KCP has it going, we've never really seen the Nuggets go to him because he just fills in. So is Porter like KCP? Is he like Murray or is he like Gordon? Um, probably
3: like he's not KCP because no. the nuggets are never going to really call stuff for, for KCP to, for to like rack up points if he's really feeling it. Um, probably in between Murray and
1: Gordon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I agree with that, but I don't, when we talk about there's more Porter has to offer, that's the thing I'm talking about. Yeah. We've seen Jokic like, Oh, he's on fire. I'm going to find yeah. him on a post yeah. up. But I'm just talking about. I think there might be room for. Hey, Porter is our guy. This like the way they're set up. Porter's our guy. How do we best take advantage of it? And we saw what game was it not too long Portland, ago? Da- Portland. Portland. Damian Lillard. They put him on him. He has a Porter quarter immediately. Yeah. I'm saying more of that. I just think there's. He'll be the best weapon for Denver when it's a you are not allowed to put your worst defender on him. Yeah.
0: I'm with you there. I'm with yeah. You like yeah. if you get to the playoffs and a team.
1: No, nope, we know what to
0: do. Right. Playbook. Right. We go and to the it's playbook. It's not just he's open in the corner, like the mid post, the playbook, yep. the, the various areas where yeah. he can... And, he and can I,
3: we've seen that stuff happen for a stretch, yeah. you know, a quarter, maybe a half. Right. I just... I don't see that happening for like full games. you know. Oh, no, it's a quarter at a yeah, time. But again, if yeah.
1: you told me in a playoff series in a pivotal game four that a team put Steph Curry on Michael Porter right now, do I have the confidence that Denver and Porter would take advantage of that to the degree that you're going to have to in order to keep up with the Warriors? Right. No, and that's what I'm saying with Porter. He can do that. But Denver, I think, has to establish that that portion mm-hmm. of it. I agree. Um, all right. Th- that's this upcoming stretch. It's only 12 games. I don't think it'll be make or break for the Denver Nuggets just because they have a good cushion on the third seed, and I don't think they're going to pull away or anything like that over the stretch. But I do think it'll be like sort of a, hey, things can get ugly if you don't take care of business early and put yourself behind the eight ball, and I'm curious to see what happens. All right. Let's take a break. On the other side, the Lakers made a trade and also a trade proposal, kind of a fan trade proposal. But I think it's an interesting oh, one to baby. frame the conversation for the Nuggets and how they might approach this trade deadline. Um, guys, Jive Hive, Jive Hive. Oh man,
3: what is Jive Hive? You might ask. Well, what is Jive Hive? it's a virtual dispensary on wheels. That's right. Um, you can go to Jive 5com um, They serve a lot of you know the Denver area. It's convenient, um, great prices privacy and security if you're you know you don't want your identity revealed check out jive when you're um buying stuff from a dispensary you don't have to drive in bad weather you know we get that a lot here um if you can't drive maybe you know you've had a couple beers jive can just deliver to you um, it's, it's that easy. Visit JiveHive.com J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Get your order delivered the same day or schedule a delivery window. They also have delivery windows, which are pretty cool as well. Not a lot of delivery companies have that. Um, head over to JiveHive.com enter your address to find out if JiveHive can deliver to your door. They now serve Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument, Fountain, Various areas of El Paso County as well. Uh, so, get set up with these guys. JiveHive.com. You can get del- weed delivered to you. Tight. It's a virtual dispensary on wheels. You don't even have to leave your house. Sick. It's that easy. I JiveHive.com. Um, also, at DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, right now, the NBA is in full swing, obviously. Take your shot at turning buckets into big cash with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, the NBA. They are my go-to for hoops action. I'll be betting on the Nuggets tomorrow night. I guarantee you that. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. Win or lose. Uh, If you're looking for an even bigger payout, take your shot at our Friday night favorites. All you have to do is go to DraftKings Sportsbook, go to the app, opt-in, place a select two-leg pre-game money line parlay you'll get a 50 percent profit boost on that promo uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now sign up with code DNVR new customers bet five dollars on the NBA get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly that's code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook and official sports betting partner of the NBA minimum age and eligibility or apply. see show notes for details all right back here segment
1: three I was in a meeting today when oh, this one came. Across. That's a meeting cool. flex. Thanks, thanks yeah. you guys. That's on the
2: meeting. Dude. Was, cool, you
1: man. guys weren't in it. It was kind of a top-level meeting. It wasn't, you know Holy wasn't, It wasn't one of these. You know, it Was, oh, right. it was, so, was there a uh,
2: iCal invite
1: sent out? A Google? Dude, we had we had Google Calendar invites. Ooh, that yeah. sounds like a good one. It was a really good one. <laughs> uh, I was in a meeting today. I don't know why that got the peanut gallery <laughs> out. I was in a meeting today when a news came across it, and I didn't have time to like talk to you fellas about it. The, the, let me get my full sentence out. So I haven't gotten your guys's reaction to this, get, but when I saw move, it, the La- goddamn it, <laughs> the Lakers have traded Kendrick Nunn, who hadn't played for most of the year, love him, three second round picks, mm. and received Ruri Hachimura from the Washington Wizards. Mm. Here's one thing: I hate fake trade season, yeah, because it's so pointless. Because you ne- like a lot of them are unrealistic, this or that. But then there's also the, like, who knows what a front office is valuing. And every now that and then they're like, three seconds. That's all they wanted for Rui Hachimura.
2: Dude, that's exactly it. When everyone's like all, oh, you couldn't do that. Or, oh, they'd eat. why don't we just trade? It's like, I don't, because it's people. I yeah. don't know. Like, sometimes you're like, oh, dude, I'll give you three Twinkies for your ham yeah, yeah. sandwich." Like, I don't like ham sandwiches. Like, yeah.
1: Oh. Oh. I should have just done one <laughs> Twinkie or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, like, uh, how when you see this move, uh, wind? What what do you think it does for the Lakers? That's I mean, we it care helps.
3: About. I've never been a big Hachimura guy. Really? Yeah, he's the type of guy where I've just never seen him play well. I feel like. Yeah. You know, like p- people like him. Oh, you know, six eight playmaking four can do a little bit of everything. I just I don't watch the Washington Wizards a lot. I've just never seen him play that well. Um, but the thing is the Lakers gave up absolutely nothing for him. So this means it's a win for the Lakers. They gave oh, no. up Kendrick Nunn, who's worth
0: I like none. The, I was just about to say, I love that his last name's <laughs> Nunn. Has he played for the Lakers? Like, he none. has, but he's not very I much. Mean, I think he's played like six yeah, games. He's terrible. There from, and it wasn't very many. Uh,
3: three second round picks. I mean, who really cares? For Rui Hachimura, a former lottery pick, who you know you can, you, you can talk yourself minutes. into. So um, I I'm not a Hachimura guy, but that being said, it's a good deal for the Lakers. Absolutely,
0: I feel bad for him because I know he needed a new opportunity, but I just feel like this—it's such a pressure cooker opportunity. It's not just come here, explore your game, and play well. Like come to L.A. where there's a lot of pressure. The season has fallen apart. Where the role players need to do some very specific stuff, and if you mess up, everyone hates you.
3: I also thought the Lakers needed shooting. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not done; like they'll probably do other stuff. But yeah, not much of a it's shooter. Not like Hachimura is a good shooter.
1: Here's the one area where I think it helps him, and I, mean, I look—he's a good second draft guy. Like he's just a guy yeah. that might have yeah. more to give. He, he does might, have a yeah. nice and interesting like one-on-one game. Six-eight, kind of like can do a little bit of a lot of different things. Here's the thing I hate about it: length is huge. The Lakers have no defense, but they have, in my opinion, the foundation for having a good defense, which is obviously Anthony Davis, LeBron James, who's one of the best athletes we've ever seen, even as old as he is. And then you just start to add length around those guys. Like, okay, you didn't add defense, but you did add some size. And I start to look at that and go, man, that's the tough thing. That's what makes them tough. So I look at this as they traded a guy who was 6'2 and kind of valueless to them some picks. And they got a guy who is 6'8 who, if nothing else, is just going to be a tall player. That makes them a tougher matchup for Denver specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a blockbuster by any means. And the Lakers, it is funny when we just kind of scoff at second round picks. I think they're less valuable for the Lakers than anyone else, even though the Lakers have actually had some pretty good second round picks over the last decade. Yeah. But so they are there is one aspect of this of like I don't know when the LeBron era ends in LA, but they have nothing left Two years after ago? Ed. Well, thank you. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it'll whenever their window summer, is closed, which might crash. be now. You're right, though, Eric. To your point, their window might be closed. Oh. I mean, they're not even in the play-in just yet. <laughs> but whether it is or isn't, like, they don't have very many other. It's like, oh, all they traded was three
0: third for second-round picks. It's like, yeah, that was half their assets. It's not going to be Dallas or Miami endlessly pivoting to more competence. You know, right, right. It's, it's going to come crashing down, man. Um,
1: Another thing I saw, I think this was from Michael Scoto. So this is just a rumor, but let's. You know, I think it's a realistic one when you think about what types of things Denver is yeah. looking for. Bones Highland for Nas Reed was a pick I did, you know, I'd heard out there. If we break this down, Bones Highland is a young player with a lot of upside. Um, Nas Reed is sort of like he actually has some upside I think he's, he's he, young he's young I think he's like 26 or 27 younger than that man. is he yeah. um, he has some upside offensive minded senders as your backup typically don't go that well he's not a great defender but he is a really good offensive player man like he's He's got a three-point shot. He's got size. He's got great post. He's only twenty-three. Yeah, man, That's, and he's up for. Like he's been in the league
0: forever. Well, the other
1: thing is, is he's at the end of his rookie contract. Is he? Is he not? I'm pretty sure he's at the yeah. end of it. So it it's also might year. end up being a long-term control piece in the Bones Highland versus a. Are you just getting this guy for a little quick run, and then are you prepared to match a large offer for him in the offseason? So um, but nonetheless, I know a lot of people have wanted a big. Is this a good move, Eric? <sighs>
2: I don't like it. I don't like like as I'm thinking about it mainly because I was so impressed or been really impressed with the rise of Zeke Naji mm. and so this like this kind of cuts two of our developing players off at the knees. Um I would say like I mean <sighs> I like it because we don't have to play against him anymore and somehow he like isn't a number one nuggets killer. We're going to Ish Smith him. Yeah, right. But the, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. To me, that's, like, not, like, if not for what we've been seeing out of Zeke Naji lately, I think I'd be more excited about it. But to me, it's, like, I, to me, we, we hurt hear, ourselves twice.
1: It would be interesting. If it was Zeke Naji for him, would you be more open to it? No. Okay. So you just like Zeke Naji more just than kind of, Naji?
2: My thing is, like, unless it's, like, a somebody that's going to definitively make us better— I don't want to mess with the vibes that we've got. Like I I like the the grouping of players that we have. It's like if you're telling me, okay, we need a more competent uh you know veteran to come in and run the second unit, we need like, you know, ironically, a Monte Morris to come back in and and be that steadying force on the second unit. And because bones' uh, timeline doesn't match up with the nuggets, blah 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 blah, all that stuff. Like, I'm like, all right, I can see that. But then it's like, okay, so we trade bones. Is that now Bruce Brown is our, our backup? Right. I, Maybe. I, I, but so that's sort of like he's a little bit miscast in that role. It, to me, it's like it creates more
0: problems than it fixes. Mm. It's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. What about you? I <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm in favor of him as the backup center, like that sentence in a vacuum. I don't know how much I love that trade. I think I'm with Eric in terms of some of the other questions that crops up. I like Bruce as like a two and a half point guard on the depth chart. I feel like that much responsibility might be a bit much. He is sneaky turnover prone. Not like Bones is running a Steve Nash clinic out there right now. But I, I don't know if I love that trade. Also because of what you talked about with the possibility of long-term control versus short-term rental. But Nas Reed as the backup center... That sounds quite appealing.
1: Denver's area of logjam is the bit, is the front court, especially off the bench, because you've got Vlatko, you've got Zeke, yep. you've got Jeff, you've got DeAndre, and you're going to have to basically just pick between two of those and possibly even just one of those as you get further into the season or into the playoffs. Yeah, it like just creates yeah. further confusion. So there. if you didn't trade one of those guys, but you received a new guy who plays over them, it just more sure, creates yeah. that logjam. Yeah. Um, I am interested, though, Wind in the idea of, like, who drafted Bones Island? Tim Connolly. do you think like that so then do you does that naturally make you start looking at them and going like <laughs> what about kyle you said like who can you get that would make sense yeah. to me a playmaking small forward would be the most logical to me and kyle anderson is sort of that because as you mentioned bruce can play point guard but he can't do all point guard. can you take off 30 percent of his point guarding duties you love kyle, slow-mo too you just love him well he was a point guard in college like he actually is a point guard he plays small forward So if your backup combo was um, Brown and Brown with Kyle Anderson, to me, I look at that and I go, man, that's a good bridge. Like that bridges all the pieces or whatever. Mm -hmm. So anyway, nonetheless, like, is that a thing that you, you know, kind of consider?
3: Yes, I think that's definitely a bigger priority than backup center. Backup center has been a roller coaster all year, but I feel like trading Bones Highland, who's only two years into his rookie deal, for a backup center who's going to be a free agent, Right. Next summer. That would just be bad business, I feel like. That that one for one swap seems like bad business to me. Especially you got Kamagate coming over next year. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Um I, I just don't think again, I don't know what Bones Island's trade value is. I feel like trading him for a backup center wouldn't be like the Nuggets best use of that. Um I agree. I, I think. A playmaking for in that Kyle Anderson role or an Alex Caruso type would be a better target.
1: All right, I, Alex I do Caruso, love Caruso, man. Are though. you kidding? Like this is like the Nuggets like porn though. What's it take to get Alex Caruso? Because you're right, he would be phenomenal. You but could come just on. play he's Christian playing. Brown. I mean, he's been my guy the whole the time. Option. <laughs> like, it would be funny to get Caruso is better than Brown though. I love, he I'm he the is. biggest he Brown is. guy, but, but like, but
2: I like how, I like the way you started that that. Question to win: Like, does Tim Connolly like his guys? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Do,
1: well, look, I mean,
2: Austin Rivers, <laughs> like all, all these this. different guys. Bryn Forbes. Uh, what
0: would it be
3: like to be on the other end of a Tim Connolly <laughs> n- intra-division trade?
0: Oh. <laughs> that does sound appealing.
3: That'd
1: be an experience. You're so right. I didn't even think of this. Uh, All right. Let's take one last quick break here. Very quick, short break. Because on the other side, I just want to list out teams and I want you to tell me if you think they are going to panic trade here in three weeks. I got some teams that I think resounding yes oh, that was, would have been surprising if i would asked you but three if weeks they're ago
2: planning on panic trading is it still a panic trade uh yes okay no we're planning on them to panic trade panic.
1: premeditated we panic. see the like panic <laughs> coming the desperation in their voice
3: uh guys if you get hurt do you get hurt backus and shanker is yeah. here to help uh backus and shanker You've probably heard of them, a law firm here in Colorado. They win for Colorado families. They are helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado. They've been doing it for more than 25 years. Um, They have a free service until you win your case. So you don't have to pay for Backus & Shanker uh, unless they win your case for you. Um, Hit these guys up. Backus & Shanker, they're like a Colorado institution. They've won over $1 billion for their clients. And they have even more local locations right now. Uh, they serve all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. They have the strength and power to win your case. More than 30 lawyers and 100 staff members at Backus and Shanker. So give these guys a call today. 222-2222. Easiest number in all of Colorado to remember. Uh, 303-222-2222. Uh, They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help you if you're injured at work. Give them a call, 222-2222, locally here in Colorado, to find out if you have a case for free. Again, uh, you don't pay them any money uh, until they win your case for you. Bacchus and Shanker, that's what they do. They win.
1: All right. Guys, I don't know if you're watching SportsCenter or ESPN no. or just any of these. Or nope. Sc- scrolling Twitter, and this came across no, your yeah, timeline. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Damian Lillard, the, the Blazers had that collapse against the Lakers the other day. Yo. And the media was asking him some questions after the game about does the roster need to change, and he was like, I feel like it's unfair of you guys to be answering, asking me this. I'm of two minds of this. Part of me understands that there is a time and place. Another part of me also understands that we almost never get to talk to these guys. Oftentimes, like... You know, he'll usually be available after every game, but during the season sometimes you don't get a chance to talk to a player. So I'm of two minds about it. Was it fair to ask him? The more important, Of course it's fair to ask him. Like, this, yeah, I, this is what I'm trying to get at. I, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. Here's the thing. The reason those questions were asked is because it's really the only important question around Portland right now. They are 21 and 25. They've lost three in a row. They're 2 and 8 in their last 10. They've been on a downward spiral for as long as Denver's been on an upward spiral. 21 and 25, and they are currently the third worst team in the Western Conference. Third worst. They are closer right now to win, winning Wimbiama than they are to making it to the play in. Wh- which one would you rather have? Uh,
0: title or Wimbiama? <laughs> like in terms of winning, would you rather get what? Victor Wimbiama or win an NBA title? Win an NBA win an title. NBA yeah, NBA joke. I'm joking. I don't <laughs> I'm j- I'm joking. But my point is,
1: I think that Portland is like I almost a think. lock to to make a panic trade. I don't care what you think of this Blazers team. Oh, they're better than what they've played. They're in a slump. You would have a really hard time saying Damian Lillard is kind of at the end of his prime or at least at the very least like in the the final oh, years man. if it's going to be years. And you're like, yeah, we're not one piece away from it. So to me, I look at Portland and I go, that's a team that to me is like a lock Bro, to we panic trade.
2: Absolutely try to get Jeremy Grand or you <laughs> oh, from those guys. We do need a backup
1: center. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Honestly, though, every year there's one team that makes a crazy move we don't see. And I don't think it's Portland just because their MO has never been to blow it. They've had so many chances. But, like, what do they do? Well, Nerkic, to me, they have to get rid of. Nurkic, Nurkic is, like, remember how what a great fit he was? He's, like, uh, doesn't fit people with them. So that. I was
0: in the pregame session with Chauncey during that Portland game, and he was asked a question about... Just like looking out there every seemingly every night and feeling like they're too small. Yeah. And, you know, those are tough questions for coaches to answer because they maybe they want to lobby for a change, but they don't want right, to call right. anyone out. I sounded a lot like a guy who was tired of looking out on the floor and seeing that they were too small. Like
1: their they're, problem they're, is they have Lillard and Simons and they've like Simons has been their untradeable piece for all this time. He's not been good enough. He's not good enough to warrant one in my opinion the contract. He gets really hot. He got hot in that game, yep. and they still lost. Yep. But to me that that's <laughs> oh, an yeah. issue. So to me, I look at Simons, I look at Nurkic, and I don't know that they have a bunch of other pieces that like are they gonna part with a shade and sharp just to save face on this era?
3: man portland coming into this season made that jeremy grant acquisition they got, they got, they got all Josh kinds Hard. of applause everybody oh, yeah, came, dude
1: portland is the team that has won the offseason every year and underperformed yeah it's
3: because their gm just texts reporters about all the yeah. trades that they're gonna do and gets on their good side and then yeah. everybody hypes up portland that's how it works for everybody that wants to know
1: yeah. um
3: but Portland was going to be the team this year that you know maybe was like a fourth seed or like a fifth seed, and then made the one move at the trade deadline to get to that top tier, and it's just gone totally off the rails. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a better record than the Portland well, Trailblazers.
1: That brings City me to Wild. my number. This brings me to my it number two team. team. They're a better team, and I look at this and I go, the Utah Jazz are the team I'm watching. Them and the Timberwolves. Because they've kind of stabilized a little bit over this last little little stretch. I think the Thunder is as good as both of those teams with way more trade capital. And I'm looking at the Thunder going, why not try to solidify your roster now? You have all those picks. You're not going to trade one of your top picks or whatever, but you've got players. To me, you know Giddy's your guy. You know that Shea is your guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got like Jalen Williams, who I think is a really good player. I would start to look around at some of the auxiliary pieces and say, what's the point? We're no longer tanking. Why don't we get rid of some of the dead, not dead weight, the young prospects and add a piece now, knowing we're also going to be adding pieces from our regular draft picks.
0: Do you need to wait and see how Chet fits into the roster before you can make those calculated decisions?
1: I don't know that you, I mean, look, you have Shea Gilchrist. And here's the other thing, is we all know this, making the plan is cool. It's one game if you don't make it past that. I look at them and I go, why can't they make a move now that both sets them up for the future? Meaning you trade a guy who has years on the contract and you know, you're know you not just making a win now move, but you're making a, hey, this guy would be part of the equation for a Paul Millsap type move, right? Denver made the Millsap move when they were young and unproven and it helped propel them to even higher heights. To me, if I'm Oklahoma City, I'm looking at this going, why can't we make a regular playoffs? And why can't we actually go up against the Sacramento Kings in the first round? And like, make what if a, we beat them?
0: And make our piss, pitch to SGA, right? That you want to be here not just because it's going well for you, cause this situation could work. For
1: they're you. just in my opinion, they're closer to being a fully functioning team that also has a long runway mm-hmm. than than anything else. I agree, and I, I just look at them as a sneaky team. That they're less of a panic trade and more of a could they spoil the market this year by mm-hmm. taking on the big player everyone wanted because they have so much oh, trade capital yeah. sitting around.
3: You talk about NBA media hyping up Portland. Can you imagine the hype <laughs> machine behind the thunder if they were to actually make a move? <laughs> they, and they should. They absolutely should. They have the the amount
2: of picks they they have is obscene. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. and they're not going to be able to actually make those picks. Right, like if they did, they would be they would be damaging. To
1: if them. they got, like, John Collins or something, you know, where you're just kind of like, oh, well, crap, now they're interesting because they have this other piece, mm. you know, to the camera. They I'm should. just throwing I that mean, as a I I mean, they,
2: they should. Like, I agree. You, I, mentioned I, the, you mentioned the other night, like, the next disgruntled superstar. It's like, could they get, like, like a Siakam? Could they do Oh, the right. Oh, Siakam is a great a example. Great a great
1: example. If they oh, wow. wanted to and they were like, that's our guy. They have the pieces to do that and still maintain future draft capital. Right. And now you're talking about Siakam, who's great. Shea, who's great. Both of whom are enormous and then for their position. And then, and then you look at that and you're like, man, that's a team that had a Suns-like rise from out of it all to all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're like a top three team in their conference. So they're a team to look at. Phoenix, I just mentioned. Guys, Phoenix is still down bad. I mean, actually, they they're, they're, they're
2: kind of back a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think they're gonna hold. You the think line. they'll just hold hold the line? I think. All so. right, yeah. Lakers, another team. I don't. There's just not a lot of moves out there. They made one, but I'm still like, I so I don't think just to go back. I don't think Phoenix will make a panic
2: move, but I think they'll make a move. They have to move Jake Crowder. They have. Well, to move, oh yeah, forgot oh, oh, about point. him. They have to. They have to move him, <laughs> and they they uh, th- there are some other like margin pieces that they could.
1: Yeah. Go and they you know they it changes the market when they get involved. They did,
2: and you know, we wanted to bury Phoenix, but like they're not they're not dead. You have to imagine they're
0: eager to move Real, off of Aiton
1: right? I got one more Western Commerce team Just and then kidding. we got a roll. You can hit that out music, Kale. <clears throat> the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves sure are it's also it's in the like what do we do? And here's what's interesting is they're seven and three, one two in a row. No go bear, no towns. And honestly, they might not need a center, which is weird because they have two of They've them. They've got Nazrin. <laughs> They've got Nazareth, But my point is that's a team. D'Angelo's just sitting there, remember his quote. That's
0: that's what they gotta figure
1: out. To me, they are a team that has a lot of players that they could if there's a trade on the table, they need to take it, even if it's like 80 cents on the dollar. Yeah. Like they have a roster that doesn't make sense, and you gotta start moving towards that, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, D'Angelo Russell will definitely
0: get traded. He'll and definitely get traded? Be, Absolutely. And it'll yeah. be 80 cents on the dollar, like you just said. I mean, yeah. I think the only reason he hasn't been moved. Even before the season started would be a lack of a market. Is he worth a
1: dollar? Is he it's eighty it's sixty I'd cents? I'd say like cents. fifty cents,
0: maybe <laughs> I'd pay fifty
3: cents on the dollar. All right,
1: that does it for us guys <laughs> today. 40. We are back tomorrow. <laughs> we got a back to back coming up. New Orleans and then of course Milwaukee. So we got post game shows for you lined up Ooh. for the next two days. We'll see you guys there. Hit the like button on the way out. Let's go.